worship the Lord during your week when things are going good? How many can worship the Lord during your week when things are not going so good? How many know sometimes our weeks don't go as planned? But you know what? God's always there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Kiss your neighbor and say, God is good all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are good. Your mercies endure forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, you are good and your mercy endure forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endure forever. Eternally without hope, but he came. This is our God this morning. Hallelujah. 
without Jesus. Young people, old people, and everybody in between, you don't want to do life without Jesus. Hallelujah. The Word says that Jesus said, for he that would want to come after me to take up your cross and follow me. It's one thing to say you love Jesus, church. It's another thing to follow him. This morning, I want to encourage you. Are you living the Jesus way? Because Jesus' way isn't our way. Trust me, Jesus' way is so much different. It's so much better than our way. And if we are followers of Jesus, we need to let the world see our light this morning. We need to let him see that I'm walking the way Jesus does. I'm loving the way Jesus does. Even when I don't like what people do, I'm going to love them. Can you hear me, church? Even when you disagree with somebody's lifestyle, even when you disagree with the way they're acting, you can love them in spite of it because that's what Jesus did. This morning, I pray that we are living and we are walking in the Jesus way.
Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. that old hymn together. Amen. Following Jesus. Hallelujah. As they play that, I want you to walk around and shake hands with your neighbor. Tell them how much you love them. Greet somebody that you haven't seen all week long.
Hallelujah, church. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Some energy in the house this morning. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. Presence of the Lord is here this morning. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? Hallelujah. So good to see Brother Mark with us this morning. Let's give him a hand. Amen. He just had what a pacemaker put in last week, was it, Pastor Steve? And it's so good to see him in the house of God this morning. Amen. Uh, I'd like to mention this morning, Sister uh, Carolyn uh, Myatt's brother uh, passed away uh, this week, and she's here with us this morning. So I ask you to be praying for her. I think she flies out in the next couple of days uh, to Maine to be with uh, the family, and she needs our prayers. Thank the Lord. He was a born-again Christian. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. And I know uh, she would appreciate appreciate your prayers. Uh, Malcolm and Sabrina, it's their 27th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And they are, they're flying out to some resort. And I said, wow, as tight as he is. Uh, (laughs) You talking about somebody you want to work on your budget to help you with? Then he's the man, but... But anyway, let's give them let's give them a wonderful hand this morning. We just I, I just love I, I love that uh, love that couple. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, I know Pastor John has already mentioned it. If you're here for the very first time, we have a connection card in the back, uh, or actually one right in front of your seat as well. If you'll just pick that up and uh, fill that out so we can uh, we'll have a little bit of information about you we love you here at Calvary Assembly and uh, we're just asking you that that you will just just pray and seek God over the vision of your life amen and then right in the back we have a book unshakable standing strong when things go wrong it'll be back there at the desk so if you don't have this book and you want one of these books stop and pastor uh, John or uh, Christina will be back there to give you one of those uh, books. And I had something on my mind, and it just just left, just flew away. And I didn't forget, <laughs> forgot exactly what that was. So anyway, it's so good to have... Uh, oh, I know exactly what it was. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was at the hospital this week to see Sister Colleen's... Um, mother uh, that is not doing good at all. Continually keep her in your prayers. Had a beautiful prayer. Uh, We had just a beautiful prayer with her. Uh, A lady here at our church and her husband was there. And when we were, uh, when we were walking out, she made this, she made this statement. She said, "Uh, Pastor, uh, I have been really praying and just been praying for years. And she said, I really believe that God is starting to uh, bring miracles to Calvary Assembly of God Church. That we're, we're about to see some things that we've never seen before. 
Uh, we're about to experience some things that we've never experienced before. And I believe God is about to do some things here at this church because we have some older generation has been very faithful of praying and seeking God. And we're going to see God move in a great and mighty way. And you know, another thing I feel like, I feel like God is going to tap us on the shoulder to reach as many young people as we can reach in this last days. Amen? I like to say the devil is a liar. The devil is not in control. The devil does not have this generation. God is in control, and we're going to do whatever we can to reach out and keep reaching out to them. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. It's so good to have Beth with us this morning and her husband Brad. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to say this before I enter, I introduce him. Uh, back about five years ago when the doctor told me that I had a, a tumor and I was going to have to go through cancer treatments, right outside the, right outside the doctor's office stood Brad and Beth. Tina and I had no idea that they were coming. And then I had another situation in my life that when I was in the hospital, he walked up him and Beth, and he looked me in the eyes, and he said, Pastor, God has a job for you to do. You're not going anywhere. And I so much appreciate these two. We don't get to spend much time with them. They're, they're in Australia like six months out of the year, and they fly to uh, Africa, and they're just at different parts of the country. So we're so blessed to have them this morning, but he's just more than just a brother. He's a great friend of ours, and I want you to stand, and I want you to give him and Sister Beth a great uh, applause this morning as he comes to the as he comes to the pulpit. I love you so much. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, you can take your seats. Um, I'll tell you what I was thinking during this whole time of worship. Well, actually, since the time we got here, I love being at home. And I, I told Jason when I walked in, I feel like I've come home being here this morning and because I can be relaxed and we know a lot of you and we just love you. And I also appreciate Tina, wherever you are, for um, incorporating Beth on the worship team this morning, and I get to make fun of Daryl and make up false stories and spread rumors about him. That's always a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, Kevin, I'll never forget, that I, still, I still say Psalm 91 for you. There's nothing going to touch you. God's put you here. Uh, I've been in and out of the hospital the last couple months myself, and... Uh, He's not done with me either, sorry to say, for some of you, but the devil, he can just go home as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, it's Youth Sunday, and that's what we're about. We're missionaries, Beth and I are, and um, we do spend a lot of time all over the world. And what I want to do, because this is one of our supporting churches, I, I want to do a, a good job as much as I can to keep everybody informed. So the first few minutes of this, I want to show you what God's been doing the last six or seven months overseas and here at home. I say at home because we do go across the U.S. Um, what's on our hearts and what we're seeing is revival around the world, and we believe that God wants to do it here. And so the theme this morning, you're going to see lots and lots of people coming to know Jesus for the first time. 
Now, we're not seeing that here as much in the U.S., very little. But that's what I believe the greatest miracle that we will ever see is someone's heart being totally recreated by the power and the Spirit of God. Then after that, we can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that opens us up for the manifestation gifts to see the signs, the wonders, and the miracles that Pastor talked about just a few minutes ago. And we see those too, and I'm going to show you picture evidence of what God has done on the mission field where we've been. And it's all been centered around young people. And uh, I, I've never believed that revival is going to come through the young people. I've heard people preach that for years. I've never believed that. And I'll tell you why. That this generation has not been discipled. They have no foundation. And I'm not putting them down when I'm telling you this. I'm speaking strictly in numbers here. Only 4% of this age group has a biblical worldview in our country, including in the church. And that's because of the internet. They're getting a worldview. They have one. It's from social media. It's what Pastor just spoke about. And it was so true. It's going to be, as my friend Kevin Harris says, the gray hair, the no hair, the silver hair, all of them. It's going to come through those who have walked with God. And I just beg those of you who are older in the faith, you cannot retire right now. Is that clear? Because <laughs> we're not done quite yet with you. So we, you've got life experience, you've watched God work, and I, there's going to come a time when there's going to be an awful lot of more young people coming in here who need a grandma and granddaddy to hug them. And then to sit down with them and show them how to know God and to walk with them. And so I'll give you just a brief missions report. Therefore, and go, or go, go, and we do that. We go all over the place and make disciples, not just of people, but of the nations. I'm getting ready to go to Uganda. Uganda is in full-blown revival right now. The whole nation. Now you have to remember just 20 years ago, Idi Amin was killing people right and left. God can turn this country around just like that too if we want Him to. Now the reason I'm going is of course to throw gas on the fire in Uganda, but the cell towers have come up and now the porn has come and the revival is starting to wane. They have technology now. So that's our focus. That's what we do. Revival and technology. Now, I'm not against technology. I'm using it. <laughs> and also, I used to wouldn't talk about degrees and things like that, but I write books, and I got this reputation a while back that he's the guy that hates technology. And one of the editors of my books said, you should probably start to tell people now that you have a degree in computer science. So I do. So it's not like I hate it. I've not renounced it. I haven't had a big repentance service. <laughs> but it's caused a lot of problems. The internet and the computers have. So we're to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and to teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. The Word of God has once again, it has to become front and center where we go from Genesis to the book of the Revelation, line upon line, precept upon precept, and discipling our young people. And there are nations who are doing this, just not ours. But we'll get into that. So here's the missions report. I write books. This is one of the two that we've been going around the world talking out of. I just released this one in September. But I am in collaboration with the Neuroscience Division at the University of South Africa. I work with law enforcement. So I do a lot of secular work. And that is the door opener to places that a Christian missionary normally wouldn't get into by having 
a skill set that is not necessarily Christian. Now, you know me, everything I do is missions. So I go, we go into, I've done full tours of Indonesia, Jakarta. These, that's the most densely Muslim populated country on earth and speaking to multitudes of Muslims. I would never get in there if I didn't have the skill set of neuroscience and digital addiction in the brain. But that's why they bring me in. And then once they know that you love them and you trust them, what do we do? We talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus as we're able to. So in a nutshell, this is the, the essence of the brain science. These are spec scans. I've, I've recently been in a CT scanner <laughs> twice trying to figure out what's wrong with me. But you can add some attachments on the front of it, and it becomes a SPECT scanner, which stands for, stands for Single Photon Emission Computed Tomography. And that is a normal baseline brain scan of which you then compare what you think is a damaged brain next to that scan. You measure the deviation, which is measuring the uh, damage. So this is someone who smokes marijuana. And of course, every marijuana addict and people who smoke, even on, just on the weekends, they believe they're the exception to that. But for those of us who do this, we know there are no exceptions. They process things slowly. They speak slowly. This is someone who puts the white powder up their nose. And when it comes to digital addiction, the reason why we called the second book in the series that I've written Digital Cocaine is because that's what video gamers' brains look like. Even the parents who don't let them play video games during the week, but if they behave themselves, they can play a little bit on Saturday. Brothers and sisters, I'm not here to upset you. I love you. You do know that you shall know the truth, and what does the truth do for us? Yeah, it makes us free, and it fills those holes back in. That's what I'm after. Not to make you upset, it's to get the holes filled back in so that you don't have feral little mongrels, you've got little angels. <laughs> feral little mongrels. That's an Australian term. It's not good, actually. But anyway, it's not swearing. <laughs> it just means that they need Jesus. So, these holes, 97% of our American households play video games, 97, and there are no exceptions. And of course, these drugs all affect the brain similarly, just in different regions. How would you like to have our ministry? People do not like to see me coming. I just got back from Knoxville. If it were not for a businessman that I met in New York, sovereignly putting me in front of a bunch of pastors, I would have nowhere to speak because of this. But this is what God has asked us to do. So that's normal brain, and then that drug went in through a needle, and that one went in through a phone. The screen. Yes. It's the identical to mixing heroin and coke. So if you've ever, if you know anything about drug addiction, people will use cocaine to get high, and they use heroin to come down, and when they quit working, people will then mix the two. And it's called a speedball. And that's what porn does to you. No exceptions. And this country is flooded with it. 54% of our pastors are struggling with porn addiction. 72% of the men in any evangelical church. In the, now these stats are eight years old. They're from Barna. And I would dare say they're higher now, but I can document those. And over 60% of our youth pastors, and that's a problem. So, here's, the, here's what we, we did. We, we started here at home... And um, back in September, I went, I had to run over to Africa real quick. <laughs> you don't run to these places real quick, but I did. I had to quickly get over there. 
And what I was doing was launching this book, and I do, I'm on the radio. Many of you would remember I've been on the radio here for a while. I'm on the radio in a number of countries. Um, so I had to go over and do a bunch of radio work, and then while I was there, I was working and speaking at the University of South Africa, where I'm part of the research in the neuroscience laboratory. But what they brought me in for was to keynote the sex trafficking issue is really huge. And so there were about 23 nations on the continent of Africa uh, had, that had gathered together for this, and we were dealing with this issue, and we were praying over this too. And even at the secular universities, you know, it's all woke here, but that's not the case in Africa. We pray there. But God was doing some great things. They use a lot of the things that are back there on the table in the detox center or this particular ministry. Uh, we were there with some of the groups who have the men with the very high-powered weapons. They handle sex trafficking differently in Africa than we do here. It's a lot of litigation and a lot of waiting. and They just bust the door down and go get them. I wish we would do that. That's how it should be. It's how Americans used to be. But now the law protects them more than the innocent. So this little girl was trafficked, and, and just to see the change, because you know, you know what the cure is? His name is Jesus. And that's how they minister to them. And look at her face now. She was on drugs, on pornography. They, get them, they, they, they really mess them up. And there are people in this world who love them. And so I, I was very privileged to go over and work with these folks. And while I was there... I was preaching, and um, then I had to uh, come back and went to uh, New York. Uh, did anybody see the movie The Jesus Revolution? Anybody see that? Calvary Chapel, if you remember the, um, what's the pastor? Chuck Smith, who's played by the Kelsey Grammer. I preached in that church, and I work a lot. That's who I was with in Knoxville, I was with Calvary Chapel. And I've been out in Costa Mesa, California, and Downey, California, Long Beach, California, where all that revival took place, and I've been ministering out there. So I've been floating in their circles for several years now, and there's revival coming through that group too, obviously, because they made that movie, and it's touched a lot of people in a very good way. But I came back to keynote at their whole Northeast conference, just letting you guys know what you're supporting us to do. And so I keynoted up there. And then I had to turn right around and go back to Africa, Beth and I did. She didn't go with me on that first trip. But we did this extended tour, and we started to see the Holy Spirit really, really poured out. So I was doing a tour of Johannesburg, Durban, and Cape Town, and this is what it looks like with a digital cocaine seminar in Africa. Uh, it was about 1,400 people total on this day that came. And uh, then this, this happens, and here we average about 10 or 12. Now, I'm not hurt. That's just the state of the two nations. That's just where we are. That's why I'm saying we need revival here. We need, And then you go to the next church and they just flood in. And part of the reason, and this is where the young people come in, this is what I was saying, it's not just the Gen Zs and the millennials that have a low biblical worldview rate, it's also their grandparents. And they have a worldview but it's not a biblical review. And so one in six of our Gen Zers are identifying as LGBTQ. And you know that's a huge issue now. But it's a huge issue all over the world. I've done, I just did focus groups in Australia right before we came home. And in the Christian schools, the, the big talk is TikTok and, and they're questioning their identity. And so I was, this happens to be, I was just speaking to thousands and thousands and thousands of students going from one school to the next. And right before I got to this school, I got a message and it said, 
Brad, we have Googled you and we see that you are not pro-LGBTQ. You are not to address that issue when you come here. Well, that's not how I roll. I'm from Augusta County. <laughs> I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And when I got the Holy Ghost, I was endued with power. Not sissiness, power. <laughs> so I preached anyway, and this is what happened. All right, let's say this to Jesus. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. We have all sinned. We have all sinned. We've fallen short of your glory. We've fallen short of your glory. Please forgive us. Please forgive us. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Change my life. Change my life. I believe. I believe that you died on the cross. That you died on the cross. And you rose again. And you rose again. For me. For me. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Guide my Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I confess. And I confess that Jesus. That Jesus is Lord. Is Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. Now churches used to clap when I showed that, but they've quit. I just preached at our home church at First Assembly, and and they looked like I, at me like I had done something wrong. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad. It's just the difference between the two countries. I'm not rebuking you. I'm trying to inspire. I'm not mad. And this is where I live. You're my neighbors. But I'm telling you, that was good. That was a good thing. And we're seeing it everywhere but here. And I'm committed to here. That's all I'm saying. Uh, they don't clap in Australia anymore either. And they look at me. And one day it dawned on me. I looked at me. Oh, I know why you're looking at me upset. You're wondering if it's inappropriate that I do that in a public school. That was a public school. I don't care. They did. <laughs> but I don't. We have got the only solution that will fix the mess. If I end up in jail, I end up in jail, but I'm going to give him the solution. His name is Jesus. And when you lift his name up, he starts to draw men unto himself. And these feral little mongrels come and turn into angels. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> I'm not mad at them. Don't you love them? Was, the Holy Spirit fell. I, I'm still Pentecostal. <laughs> I am. I pray God trash the place. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> No, I can't do it. That's why I asked him to do it. All that I got to do is rake in the harvest. And it's, it's a good thing. So we left there and uh, I'm not sure where we went. Oh, we came back home. <laughs> and uh, I've been doing a lot of running around. And so we're committed here and I've been in the Baptist churches. I've been in the Calvary Chapel churches in West Virginia, down in Florida. And I have a radio show that runs in various parts of our country and around the world. Still, it's a little 90-second daily feature on tech technology issues. And then we left uh, after Christmas, and we went to Hawaii, and you should feel sorry for me. <laughs> yes, you should, because they worked me to death. We had three quarters of a day to see Oahu. That's it. <laughs> but it was good, though. So Calvary Chapel, Honolulu, hosted us, and uh, that God is moving on the islands there. And I spent two days going from one class after another after another, and then they did take us around to see stuff. And then off to Thailand. That we, I'm giving you our missions report to let you know what you're helping to support us with. That we're not just laying around on the beaches. <laughs> um, 
I haven't done it because it's too dangerous in Australia. Stuff will kill you there. But so we were in Thailand, and I, I want to show you a video clip of what we're doing. This is so precious. We were with some tribes up in the jungles and in villages, and the missionaries that had gone in there 30 years ago had done a great thing, and the Holy Spirit has been moving for about 30 years, and then all of a sudden they put cell towers up, and all of it's going downhill quick. Oh, but it's, it's how we stay in touch with our relatives. <laughs> That's not all you're doing, though. But anyway... Um, this is what it looks like. So we're ministering to youth there as well, and young adults. brought me in is because at this facility, they come and live there on campus and there's no internet. But what has happened is, now these are impoverished children. They don't have much. But when they go back to their villages, they now have video game controllers. They have smartphones. They have tablets. I don't, we, we were trying to figure out where they get them from. because We still haven't figured that one out. But it takes them a week to detox them because their brains look like you know the brain scans I showed you earlier? That's why I showed you those. Their brains start to get holes in them, and they turn awful. Their personalities change. They get angry when you try to take it away. Does that sound familiar? And, and for the first week when they come back to school, they, God can't move. They, they're not receptive. They're just grumpy. They're irritable. And then after they detox them for about a week, that starts happening again. So it, do you see a, a common sense solution on how we can get God to move, at least in part? Detox. <laughs> but this is where everybody goes, okay, Brad, you could, you could wrap it up now <laughs> and leave. Um, you haven't said that yet. But that's the answer. There's a spiritual word for detox. It's called repent. <laughs> that word has become dirty in this country, but it's still the first word that Jesus used when He began His public ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So when we turn from the mess and we walk toward God, He falls. He really does. So then we went up into the mountainous region into villages. And I was, these are the Lahu people. And my translator was awesome, but God has moved powerfully amongst these folks up in the jungles. And we were there, and then they wanted me to do the youth meeting. And you can see their, their little joyful faces. The Holy Spirit I had to have a translator, obviously, but my translator said to me, Brad, should we take the iPhones and the iPads away from the first graders on the front row before we get started? And I looked over. I said, yes, we should. So we politely went over and took all of their devices away so that we could have church with them. The whole world has gone nuts. And what is scary, you can see, I mean, these are indigenous people that have been reached with the gospel with, by missionaries at great cost and great sacrifice. And as soon as the cell towers come up, the revival starts to wane. Well, it's already killed us here. You know that, don't you? 
Well, this is what I do, and it's not popular. But I thank you for your support and your prayers, because we're committed to this. So from there, we went, uh, flew through Japan and then down to Sydney, somewhere, Adelaide, Australia. And um, I just look at the tickets these days. <laughs> just go, where are we headed? <laughs> you plan all this in advance, you know. They're back. The biggest question we ask is, is it winter or summer? And then sometimes it's both. So you got to take a lot of clothes because you go from one place to the next. But the Holy Spirit was moving. I was preaching churches, and then I'd go from school to school to school. God putting me in front of thousands of kids. It's youth day here. I'm honored to be here. This is what we do. So I work extensively with police in Australia, and I'm around in the police car with them. And in three weeks, we spoke to 4,000, we have to count, 4,718 kids God put us in front of them. Just three weeks. And this is what you're helping to support. And through the secular work with the police, I have access to the public school. And I'm pretty full on for Jesus, can you tell? <laughs> and I haven't gotten arrested yet. Of course, I am the police for three weeks. So what are they going to do, call me? <laughs> No, I, I mean, I'm not a policeman, but I have all of the privilege of a police. But anyway, I also uh, work in hospitals and train doctors in digital addiction. So that's what I was doing at this particular hospital and, and, and others too. Um, but then we'd go back out on the road, and these kids are not all mad at me. And then some of you were praying for us because I became extremely ill and had to be hospitalized. And I had a team of infectious disease specialists working with me, and um, I was in there twice. And fortunately, one time when I had one of these violent attacks of sickness, I was in the police car, so they were able to get me there pretty quickly. And they still don't fully know what's wrong, and I've had to delay our trip. We're supposed to leave again in August, but I have to, we have to undergo some more tests, so it's going to be later before we can leave. So if you just keep praying for healing for us. Now, look, I feel fine in, in between sickness. <laughs> I don't feel bad all the time. It just comes on me suddenly. I get violently ill. And I haven't been this sick um, in a while. So it's getting spread out. The attacks have. Uh, and it's been lessened. So they still don't know what's wrong. So I can't tell you definitely what I'm getting. But I feel better. Much better. And it's because people are praying. And to be honest with you, because they don't know what it is, and I've been tested for everything you could imagine... And the tests, thank God, come back healthy. I'm just going to assume it's the enemy and we're just going to squash his head. Like you can for you. Amen. So we're traveling around and speaking. Ended up back in the hospital. <laughs> and then I get out and I go preach. Because I'm not going to stop until God takes me to heaven. And then what you're seeing here are more kids standing to receive Jesus as their Savior. That's why the spiritual warfare gets so bad. So batten down the hatches if you want revival, but we win. We do. I'm here. I made it home. And I love you guys. I'm glad you're here. This is what Beth and I impart. We, we speak to the adults too, but most of the time I am in school after school after school and university after university after university laboring. This is a, 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 an African... Uh, South African, and God sent him as a missionary to Australia. He's in charge of the emergency uh, department at Rockhampton Hospital up on the Great Barrier Reef, and he and I have been good friends for a long time, and um, he brought me into the hospital 
to train the doctors and residents and the senior doctors in digital addiction, so that's what I'm doing. And, you know, how to diagnose and what the diagnostic criteria is and the screening questions and all that sort of stuff. And then um, he took me around to churches and schools, and we saw great outpourings of the Holy Spirit. That's why God sent him to that city, was to labor for 13 years, and then he brought me in, and we saw God move in great power. So we would go from school to school. But this is what I wanted to say to you guys for supporting us with your prayers and, and with all of the finances and things that it takes to do this. It's very expensive. Um, I grew up with a garden. And I'm so thankful that I'm busy now and can't do it because I hate weeds. But um, I've always been amazed because my great-grandparents taught me to garden when I was four. That's when they started me. And I've always been amazed you put one kernel of corn in the ground and you get one stalk with two ears with anything between 500 and 1,200 kernels per ear. Now, God, that's amazing in God's economy, isn't it? So here's what I would ask of you as we periodically take off and go to other countries. Send us over there with the prayer that we're going to put a seed in the ground for them and see a harvest for them. But when I come home... We're doing it for the U.S. to reap a harvest here. I didn't say money. We need that too. But I'm talking about souls being born into the kingdom. Young people standing in our country like that. And so we labored and we labored and we... I'll just show you just another one. I'm giving an invitation here to receive Jesus at yet another school. And look at the response. This is the seed that we're putting in another country. This is in Australia. And look at them standing to receive Jesus. I, that's a good thing, by the way. But we need it to happen here, brothers and sisters. Beth and I are missionaries. This is what we're out doing with your support. But I want to stay home more and see that happen here. Committed to it. And another school. Same school, but a different, different classes. And they're standing up to receive Jesus. That, that missionary doctor that went to that city, they were the ones that are responsible for that. I just stood on the stage, presented the gospel, and, and reaped the harvest. They are the ones that labored for 13 years to see this happen. I give glory to God and credit to them and honor to those who... It was awesome that I got to go in and see that harvest. And they're the type of people that will do whatever they have to do to see those children followed up on. Make sure they, that that nation is discipled. So, just God just moving. Just praying for the sick. Believing God for the sick. So, what I want to do is bring a message directly to our friends here, our young friends here today. Our God is an intimate God and I've just started, I've written all these books on technology and I've been having to do, I just did a uh, secularly, I, I turn into an ethicist every now and again and write for an ethical organization out of Geneva, Switzerland. They came to me a while back, not terribly long ago, and asked me to do a deep dive on artificial intelligence. And uh, it's not, not the conspiracy... That was an amen in case you didn't hear. We have life in the house of God today. Amen! (laughs) 
So I did a deep dive, and brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, when it comes to artificial intelligence and where we are now, we are in, we're in trouble. We are in, we're in really big trouble, and um, our kids are even in, in more trouble. Maybe now that I'm staying home, I'm going to talk to Pastor Trevor about doing a digital cocaine seminar, and I don't care if three people show up. That's probably all that will show up, but I don't care. I'm going to do it if y'all can come. But you need to know what's going on. We did a Holy Spirit conference last year, too. I want to do another one of those. Because during COVID, I went through all of our old Pentecostal doctrine books back when the Spirit of God was moving in the Assemblies of God, like in a big way when it was really spreading around the world. And I was studying what they were teaching on the Holy Spirit back then, and I thought, well, this is really good. I think I'll steal these notes. <laughs> and it worked. Anyway, um, did we have a cutoff up here, Jason? Are we? Is it... What happened up here? Any idea? All right, wait a minute. I think I fixed it. I think we have a new preacher. Okay. Am I getting boring now? (laughs) So here's what I want to say to our young friends here today. You saw all this stuff. And here's my message as I travel around. Artificial intelligence has moved from what they're calling the Encounter 1 to Encounter 2. Encounter 1 is the current internet that we've been dealing with, and the algorithms have been learning everything that you have been posting about you. And that's how the algorithm knows to put in your news feed and all the other ways that it's aggregating the information tailor-made to you, and you go, wow, how do... Look at that. I was just talking about... Well, that's not by accident. So that's, a, that's AI 1.0. We just crossed over into 2.0. And the words that the industry is using is intimacy. Now they want your heart. AI 1.0, they got your attention. And it's undivided to them and divided everywhere else. And now they want your heart. And that's the term that they're using is Intimacy. And what I've come here this morning to finish up to tell, are you still tracking with me so far? Is that God wants your heart. And what I want to say to you is that God knows you by name. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort, some effort, every effort to confirm your calling and election. Not not just some effort, that every bit of your effort needs to be put into the kingdom of God for your heart. Not the internet, not parts of the internet, not a little bit of gaming. You need to get rid of all gaming. The brain scans apply to you as well. This is what gets me uninvited, and I don't care. There are no exceptions to the damage that's done, even with educational video games. It doesn't matter about the content. It can be educational, and it'll do the same damage as Fortnite and Call of Duty. I was on a radio show. They told me a half a million people were listening. And I said that and some other things, and the the host of the radio show was looking at me mortified. And there was a long pause, and I looked at her, and I finally said, listen, it's not going to be the neuroscientists and the doctors calling in here complaining. It could be the drug addicts. Because I told you the truth. You can't refute it. This is what I do. I'm not lying, nor am I exaggerating. In fact, I'm holding back a lot of what I know because I think 
I fear that you would think I've lost my mind. Probably already have thought that. But we need to make every effort to make our calling and election sure. And if, everybody say if. If we do these things, we'll never stumble, we will never stumble. And God will welcome us into the eternal kingdom. But if we don't. So here's my message to you. Let's look at the call of Samuel. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under an old priest by the name of Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. In these days, now you're in a good church here, but the country as a whole, the word of the Lord is rare in our country. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying in the house of the Lord where the ark was. Now here's the point here. Samuel was a child. His mother Hannah puts him in the temple because she wanted him. In those days, the Ark of the Covenant carried the presence of God. And this was a good mother who wanted her child to be raised in the presence of the Lord. Now they're raised in the presence of Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and the list goes on. That's the presence that they're now raised in. This is what I'm out going around the world combating. So when I'm standing on the stages, leading all those kids to Jesus, what you did not see is what I preached prior to that. And that is, come out from amongst them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch any unclean thing. And if you will do that, God will receive you. It's a holiness message. I may not ever go back, but I'm gonna, while I'm there, I'm going to give it to them. Actually, they've already invited me back, so it's all good. Are you tracking with me at all here, brothers and sisters? The presence of the Lord is where we need to be raising these children. And the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel did a very wise thing. He said, here I am. Now, at this stage, he had not heard the voice of the Lord yet. He thought it was Eli talking to him. So he runs to the old priest, and he says, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, I didn't call, go back and lay down. So he went back and he laid down. Again, the Lord, the Lord is going to never give up on you. He's going to keep chasing you down, calling you by your name. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli, said, It's not me. And Eli's probably thinking, What is the matter with this kid? Go to sleep, I'm tired. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, I'm telling you, young people, he's going to chase you down because he loves you. A third time the Lord called, and He called him by His name. God is not just out there somewhere, unaware of what's going on in your life. He created you. In fact, He has every hair on your head numbered. For those of you who are older, if you're bald-headed, the ones on your back are numbered. <laughs> Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord calling the boy. And I want to make a quick point here, because I would say this at a pastor's conference. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Sometimes preachers and youth pastors don't have a clue what's going on in the Spirit. They're too consumed with games. I got so sick and fed up with games on this last trip, because I, I flew 10,000 miles, and for worship, they're breakdancing, and they're doing all this stupid stuff 
And then I get up there because i got 15 minutes left to be kind to God. I'm making a new rule. You either let no games the night I come. I want the whole hour and a half. Or don't invite me. I'm sick of it. Now, I'm not mad at you or anybody else, but it's time that they encounter Jesus. And I have been serving Him and watching Him in auditorium after auditorium. I know He'll come if you'll let Him. And so, I, no games the night I come. It's, got, it's going to be all about Jesus. And they look at you like something's wrong with you. And I don't care. There is something. There's a lot wrong with me. I've got issues. Just like Daryl. Now, <laughs> hey, I just... <laughs> Last time I was here, I was making something up. Oh, I remember it was a ladies' meeting that I signed you up for. <laughs> but I started telling some tall tale. And I think I heard you back there going, he's lying. <laughs> the Lord came there and stood, calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Young person, he loves you so much. So do we. Very much. God knows you by name. And then there was Moses. And I could cover a whole lot more. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord. Do you believe in angels? I want to show you evidence of them in a few minutes. I know that the angel of the Lord encamps about those who fear Him. I know that. I know that He camps about you. That's how I had the confidence to tell you what I did. It wasn't me. It wasn't just a good idea to come and tell you. Call. Pastor Kevin has made sure of the call that's on his life. God planted him here. And I just knew in my spirit deep, God's not done with you. Not done with me either. Some of y'all wish he probably was, but he's not. <laughs> there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw, because God is always watching every move we make, good and bad, He's watching. When the Lord saw that He had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, and look what He did. He called him by his name. Moses. Moses. And Moses did a very wise thing. He said, here I am. And if you're wise, you will say the same thing. Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place where he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. I spend a lot of time with airplane tickets, honestly, not knowing where I'm going. Now, I know ultimately where I'm going, but all the little ways in between, I have gotten so comfortable with God just protecting us. I just go. I used to stress over all this stuff. But the Lord has us in, in the, engraved in the palm of His hand. He does. Saul. You know, you, you know that wasn't always, his name wasn't always Paul. He had a dramatic encounter with God, and God knew both of his names. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then Ananias. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, 
Young person, He knows you. He's not a distant God. He created you. And He knows you. And He loves you. And He also knows the plans that He has for you. Now this is a choice you make. You can miss out if you want to. You can play your video games. You can get caught up in social media and make all the excuses to have them as your God. Although you would never call them that. But they are. That's what rules the world. That's 96% of the worldview and only 4%. I very rarely meet the 4%ers in this country. And I want to see that change so bad, Pastor. I'm home. I want to see it start right here in Augusta County. I do. I don't mind that I have to have more tests. It's leaving me here longer because I'm already going, God, what you got? This is awesome. I love being at home. I want to be around my family. This is where I want to be. God, put me to work. Just be gentle with needles. Put me to work. For I know the plans I have for you. And the question is, do you know them? He knows them. Do you? And, and His plans are this. To prosper you, not just with money. You know what my biggest payment is? Is standing in auditoriums and watching the Holy Spirit fall and then people give their hearts to Him. That's prosperity. Big time. Big time. The, the airplane tickets somehow appear. That'll, I'm don't, I don't worry about that anymore. Well, sometimes I do. Because that's because I don't have all the faith I need sometimes. But they always end up appearing, despite me. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. So let me conclude this way. We are disciples, which means we're supposed to be disciplined people. And Jesus said that if we will go and make disciples of the nations, He will work with us. And when we go and we present the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, He will not only work with us, but to show that He's working with us, He will confirm the Word that we preach with signs. And it will accompany the preaching of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So as we preach the Gospel and people are saved, we then as Pentecostals, I still do this, invite them to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues, and then being totally immersed in the Spirit of God then opens us up to be used in what are called the manifestation gifts. These are the signs and the miracles. And I want to just focus on one of them. Things are not always rosy. Sometimes I, I get sick. Sometimes I get in extreme danger. And I have to trust that the angel of the Lord encamps about us, and He does. And I have to trust that Jesus, it's not just hyperbole where I've said amen at a church service, but He's actually right there with me in the middle when I could lose my life in a second. As Beth and I were driving from this place called Pretoria where at the University of South Africa is. We had to go through Johannesburg, one of the most violent and dangerous places on earth. Had to go through there and go to another town. And as we were driving around Johannesburg, the GPS went off and said, congestion ahead, would you like to save 10 minutes? And of course I did. I hit the yes button. And I didn't know, but the congestion was a riot. They were breaking out all over the country. I, I, I didn't see the riot. I could see the police helicopter in front of me. And we got stuck in all the traffic. And I had been in Soweto, this township, 
before, but I was by myself. Well, I was with another man, and it was dangerous. But this time I had Beth with me, and I could just imagine her getting raped. I could imagine the car being overturned, putting tires on you, and burning them. And Look, I know that the Americans don't like you to talk like this because it's harsh and it's Sunday morning. This is the world we live in. On Sunday morning. It's dangerous. And, and I even told you half of it. And so as all this was going on, we're backed up in traffic. I said to Beth, honey, we must pray in the Spirit and with our understanding. Do you know what that means? In English and in tongues. Because what I understood was extreme danger. And I was afraid, not so much for me, I just the thought of something happened to her. And I looked up and there was a bunch of policemen, riot officers, getting ready to go down into the riot to take care of it. And I ran up to this police officer and I said, sir, if you could just direct me out of here, I'd be so grateful. And he looked at me, heard my accent, and he goes, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm an an American, and I'm here working at the university, and I'm also a minister. And he goes, oh, thank God, it's so good to have a brother here. He was scared. So was I. And I said, well, may I pray for you? And he said, please. And so I locked arms with him, and we commenced to pray right in the middle of this mess. And the peace that surpasses all understanding fell. Then he pulled me out, and he goes, can I pray for you? And I went, please. (laughs) I was scared, too. So he prayed for me. Beth was in the car taking pictures. Now, this is what was happening all over the country. And I mean, it was just dangerous. And so the police officer, now that wasn't necessarily where I was. I, I just pulled that off the news to show you this. These were breaking out all over the country, but it was like that down ahead of us. And the officer said, I'm going to go get a, a colleague in a police vehicle and we're going to escort you out of here, but we're going to have to drive against the traffic, stay on my bumper. And of course, we drive on the left side of the road in, in, in South Africa, so we're driving on the right side of the road, which is the wrong side. And you can see where they put the rocks in the road, the tires are burning. They put those there so that you can't drive, and they smash the wind and steal all your stuff and kill you or whatever they need to do. So we're driving away from it now, and we got stuck in another riot. And so we all pulled over. A bunch of cars were jumping the median and trying to get away and run this way, and the police officer got out and was trying to figure out where to take us. I took a picture of him. And brothers and sisters, when I looked down, we had a quarter of a tank of gas. And it was not near enough to get where I was going. And I said, honey, we have to pray. We couldn't go to the gas station. They would have killed us. You saw what was going on. We started praying. And I mean fervently. Fervently. With fear. Brothers and sisters, when I looked down, the gas had gone up to almost a half a tank on its own, and it stayed there until we got completely out of danger. My mouth was wide open. I'm dumb as a stump. I'd ask God to do it, and when He did it, I'm shocked. <laughs> Young person, this, God wants you to know Him like that. He wants to work with you. He wants to walk with you, talk with you. He wants you to come out from all the mess. And He wants wants your intimacy. So do they. And He wants you to know Him so well. And He wants to do, I don't know what. You saw what God has us doing. But that may not be your call. But whatever it is, when you need Him, He'll put gas in your tank if that's what it takes. He wants you to know Him and trust Him just like that. I'm not speaking with arrogance to you, brothers and sisters. You're going to have to trust my heart on this one. 
I have lived this. I am confident, not arrogant. I know Him. And I'm a very imperfect human being. Kevin will tell you that. Ask Beth. Ask Daryl. <laughs> no, but I, the grace of God covers us. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When you're pursuing Him with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, and all of your soul. He wants to do something with you in this generation. And, and there is something special going on here in Augusta County. And I believe that with all of my heart. I'm involved in other stuff here too. But I just want to give you the invitation. I, when I wrote Digital Rehab, all of my books, even though they're littered with neuroscience because that's what I do, and the brain science of digital addiction, that's all I do. I'm not a neuroscientist. Or, look, I couldn't operate on a brain. It'd be fun to try, but I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, but digital addiction is what I do. But although I'm dealing with all the science and I'm in a lab and all that sort of stuff, I always, as the solution present the gospel. So this year this is what I this is the this is the the illustration of the gospel that I gave in digital rehab. So this is the one I've been using from the stage when you saw all these people accepting Jesus. Story was told of a bus driver who had a bus full of tourists and he's driving on through the mountains showing the tourists all the beautiful sights similar to our beautiful valley here and our mountains around us. And when it came time to come off of the mountain, as they were coming down the mountain, the brakes failed, but the bus driver wasn't worried because he knew if he could just get to the bottom, the bus would coast and everything would be fine. And it was fine until he rounded a corner. And there in the middle of the road was a little boy. And he couldn't stop. And he had a gut-wrenching split-second decision to make. If he swerved to hit the child, the bus would go off the cliff and kill everybody on the bus. If he ran over the child, he would save everyone but lose the child. And he didn't hesitate. He ran over the child. When he got to the bottom of the hill, the, boat, the bus came to a stop. But the people who saw this at the bottom of the hill were furious with the bus driver. And they were screaming at him. They were swearing at him. Why did you run over that child? The bus driver was visibly shaken. But he managed to get off the bus. He went up to the hill and he picked up the lifeless body of that child and he stood in front of those people and he said to them, this is my son. And that's precisely what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and the sacrifice that He made, this is serious, and it is not to be toyed with. That was a sacrifice beyond anything that a father can imagine. But God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants to do something miraculous in your generation, and I know it. I'm seeing it in other countries. But I am wanting to see that kernel of corn that we're putting in all these other countries. I want to see the stalks and the ears come up here in this country. Can we pray that way today? Alright, well let's stand. And here's what I'd like to do. Tina, if you wouldn't mind to come and, and play. Thank you. What I want you to do is keep your eyes open.
open. There's a scripture that says, if you are ashamed of Him, (laughs) He's going to be ashamed of you. And if you can't stand for Him in here where it's easy, there's no way you're going to stand for Him out there. Jesus talked about two paths. There's a narrow one, a narrow path that goes through a gate that leads to heaven, and then there's a real wide one that leads through a gate that leads to everlasting destruction. And Jesus said, most people are going to get on the wide path. The vast majority, all, all these people that I speak to, the vast majority don't stand. We've seen outpourings of revival, so it was an abnormal amount standing. Thank God. But most of the places I go, most people get on the wide path. Jesus said that, so I'm not shocked. So the question is, do you know Him? Have you ever given your life to Him? I'm not talking about being raised in church. I'm talking about, have you? has there ever come a time when you've said, Jesus, please come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again for me, and I give you my life. If you are here and you've never done that, I want to invite you to step out and come to the front. And let me just simply pray with you today. I'm not going to ask you to confess your sins to me. You'll do that to God, but not me. So young and old, if you need Jesus for the very first time, or if you need to rededicate your life, I invite you to step out in front of everyone, eyes wide open, and come and stand here and let's pray. Anybody want to do that? altar and close out and pray this morning for revival. Can we do that?
I know you've got relatives you probably wish could hear this. They're far from God. People you work with, you, you know they need Jesus. Can we just come and find a place of prayer? And it will, we'll call it a day, but let's just come and pray. Just gather in close. You can kneel, you can stand, you can lay before the Lord, whatever you want to do. And let's just fill in and come in close. Make there's plenty of room over here. If you guys wouldn't mind to move over this way just a little bit, fill in that area there and make room for some folks to come. Can we do this? Can we start lifting just by lifting our hands? When they get tired, you can put them down. And let's just lift our hands and surrender and start to call on the name of the Lord. Father, we ask you, Jesus, to move. We ask God for revival. We ask for souls to be born into the kingdom of God. We thank you for what you've done here today. But God, we ask that this be just the beginning of great things to come. We pray for the river to flow. We pray for the rain in this day of the latter rain to be poured out by the Holy Spirit of God. That you would move, God, in our land. That you would move in Augusta County. That you move in Stanton and Waynesboro all of our little towns in this county, Lord God, we ask you to move in revival. Now with hands raised, what I would like for you to do is start to call the names of your family members out that are far from God and begin to pray for them and ask God, the ones you've given up on, because God's not given up on them. body would just you just lift one hand really high before the Lord let me see that and let's pray I've seen God work miracles how many of you believe God still works with us and he confirms his word with signs following now we've preached the gospel today can we trust him to heal today father we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to send forth your word of healing that God you'll deliver sin sick souls but people oppressed of the enemy we rebuke you Satan in Jesus' name, Father, we pray for healing, physical healing, to come in this place, God. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would bring healing, bring healing in Jesus' name.
Now let's just in closing this morning, the scripture says, let the voice of our praise be heard. With just soft music, can we all just lift our hands in closing and let's just begin to worship him with all of our heart. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. Come on, let's just lift up praise to him. Father, we bless you. We worship you, Jesus. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. We worship you, Jesus. We bless your name. We bless you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, God. We bless you. We worship you. give the Lord a big hand this morning. Let's give Beth and Brad such a big hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. We love you guys so much. Amen. I want to check uh, the next uh, you, Pastor John, what is the next Sunday that we have youth service? July the 16th. I want to, I don't know, John, will you check and see if you're in town? John is uh, in the Marines, Reserve Marines. So let's thank you. Let's give him a hand for serving our country. And we love you and amen. And so that next uh, youth Sunday, if the, if uh, Wendy, if you guys are not out of town, just check for me. We're going to do baptism for all the ones that said the sinner's prayer. That Sunday, we're going to, the Bible says you're saved and you're baptized. And so we're going to baptize uh, these men and ladies that give their life to Christ this morning, the next uh, youth Sunday, if these guys are in town. Amen. Praise the Lord. You guys made the biggest, the greatest decision of your life. Amen. Yes. And God's going to give us hundreds, thousands. God's going to give it to us. The devil. The devil keeps saying it's not happening, but little by little by little, God is starting to bring them in. We're going to love on them. We don't care for them. We don't care, we don't care what they look like, where they come from. We're going to love them, what they're wearing. We're going to love them just like they are in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and God keep you and may God's face shine upon you. And you have a wonderful day in the Lord. Amen. Let's love on these young people before they leave this morning. Thank you, Brad and Beth. God bless you.
Jesus.